and yeah. I, I think on my application I described myself as an avid endorsement <laughs> and then they sent me out on these hikes and people were like oh you know like wilderness CPR right <laughs> absolutely not good morning campers have no fear happy campers is here it's a summer camp themed podcast where we reminisce about the stuff that we missed about the best summers we ever had and there will be reflection and lots of introspection and a great selection of guests that will stop by so grab a glass of bug juice relax and say hi to both your hosts we're julia and sammy your podcast family we're gonna start the show Hi, happy campers. It's Julia here. And Sammy. How's everyone doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. And um, we have a really cool episode today. And it's a uh, camp from a different type of camp that we haven't really gotten to dive into. And we've been very eager to. Right, Sammy? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of the, we're going, we're going back, uh, current day, but we're going to imagine the world of dirty dancing and, and family camps and dirty dancing a movie that i have now seen Ugh, after finally. being um, harassed Shamed. by Shamed. the team behind this podcast <laughs> that i have not seen it uh, loved it so we're joined by a new friend of mine named sam cc say hi hey guys i hope you guys can tell the difference between sam and sammy our voices are very similar Identical. so i hope you can distinguish between us <sighs> hope so good luck guys uh and sam spent some time working at a place called stanford sierra camp that's correct yes and we met and you were telling me a little bit about it and i thought it sounded like a really interesting kind of special enchanting place that families go to together all in the world of camp uh so can you uh, talk us through you spent how many summers there i spent one summer there one summer yes. working 15 beautiful weeks as a camp counselor at stanford sierra camp 15 15 weeks that's a long stretch of time so what's, it is. The, what's the season what how does it run so May to yeah it's like beginning of june through the end of august and it's bookended so the way that like you get into this camp is you have to apply many years in advance oh my there's God. a long waiting list claim your family's spot exactly <laughs> to like claim your stanford sierra camp legacy uh, and the first couple weeks are basically people who have not yet been assigned a permanent week. So that's how people sort of like identify with the camp, like Sierra Camp, week four. Um, the first couple weeks are people who are waiting to be assigned for a permanent week. And then post Labor Day, there's a couple weeks that are like, you can come if you have a toddler. Like uh, your kids aren't going back to school, they don't need to be water skiing. So there's like little toddler camp at the end. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you go with your whole family, and were you like a rugged dance instructor? Or <laughs> I desperately you? wish that was the case. I like sort of backdoored my way into working there. I had a couple friends who had worked there the previous summer, uh, and obviously they had all these like lingo and inside jokes, and I was profoundly envious of the experience that they'd had. Um, and how old were you at this time? I was 20. Okay, and you were in college I out there? I was a sophomore in college, um, and yeah, so the camp is like basically 60 families every week. Uh, the camp is almost entirely staffed with current Stanford students, uh, except for like maintenance people, a couple people in the kitchen, the camp director, that kind of thing. Um, and they all came back after that first summer. They had all these stories. I really wanted to do it, but I had no uh, skills. I had no like <laughs> camp skills. Um, Even though you did go as a camper to summer camp. I had been a camper. Yes, okay. that's true. But, but it, it left you with no, <laughs> yeah. no lasting skills. skills. Right. And, and some of those camp skills, like you could be hired to do arts and crafts. Like that was one of the jobs. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, I'll take whatever you'll give me. Uh, whereas like a lot of people will be like, I can, you know, drive the ski boat. I can teach tennis, things yeah. like that. Um, and initially they hired me as like, 
somebody just to be in the office, basically, like another front desk person. I think they invented the job for me because mm -hmm. I sort of rigged it. I had like friends that were doing the interviewing. Uh, but what wound up happening was the uh, woman who had been hired as the hiking instructor, who was this like incredibly badass woman who'd made several trips out to Desolation Wilderness to like chart these hikes. She got uh, shin splints and she couldn't lead the hikes when summer actually rolled around. Wow. So the like role of hiking instructor was foisted upon me, someone who uh, was deeply underqualified, but that's what I wound up doing. Actually, so funny that you were literally hired to be indoors. Correct. And then they were, they were like, you know what? <laughs> Let's throw you in the literal wilderness. That's right. And wow. I, I think on my application, I described myself as an avid endorsement. And then they sent me out on these hikes and people were like, oh, you know, like wilderness CPR, right? <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. So you were I, okay, leading so families just, on these but hikes. But like a quick secret is that wilderness CPR is actually remarkably just like regular CPR. <laughs> <laughs> just just so we're all clear. That's good to know. I wish I'd known that at the time. Yeah. Yeah. From lifeguard experience could have come in handy. Um, to answer your question, uh, basically the way the camp is structured is uh, you can spend as much or as little time with your kids as you want. For the most part, what the families will do is just dump their kids off on the counselors for the week. That's what you're paying for. It's like your kids are distracted for a week. And then you can go off and take a sailing lesson or tennis or drink wine on the patio. So the hikes that I led were the adult hikes. So we did three hikes throughout the week, like three full day hikes, easy, intermediate, and then like a more difficult hike at the end of the week. Um, around like the Tahoe Rim where the camp was. So were you in Pretty. like amazing shape by the end of the summer? By far the best shape I've ever been in. Yeah, yes. right? Yeah, like, I, was, I was like going on forced hikes three times a week. And one of them was a hard, like I, I imagine the intermediate and hards were not easy hikes, yes, right? And so yeah. you were, were you doing the same hikes every week? <laughs> I wasn't supposed to, uh, but what wound up happening is like, this is a camp where a bunch of 19 through 22 year olds are working. There were times when I woke up in the morning not feeling so great, uh, and then I was like, all right, I'm just going to do a hike I've already done. So I did repeat a lot of hikes. Uh, that seems totally fine. Yeah. But, like, I don't think that's a bad thing. If people aren't coming back for, like, repeat weeks, then, like, what's the Who cares? Like, right. you're, they're they different people the going on the well, – it's just, you know, like, really for your boredom, finding different hikes. Yes, I could fake wonder. Yeah. yeah. Oh Ooh, a waterfall. <laughs> I've never – I just stumbled across this waterfall. Exactly. So the – the friends of yours who had done it the summer before, mm -hmm. a couple summers before, um, they were all there. Were they inclusive to you as a newbie? That's a great question. So it's it definitely is one of those camp environments where it's like, yeah, we're all in this together. There's that like, you know, cultiness where you call things by different names and uh, there's like dances and chants and stuff. But there is like a tacit hierarchy for sure. Mm -hmm. Like when you get there, you get this little uh, bead necklace. And for each subsequent summer you go, there's like another ring added to the bead. So you can like tell, I think they took that straight from L. Ron Hubbard. Like you can tell who's been there for the most summers. And then there's like a hierarchy in the jobs themselves. So, you know, if you're one of the more competitive kids counselors, that's a little higher than the kitchen. If you're at the ski dock, like that's a really cool job to have. There's like a water skiing show at the end of every week where they would do like the pyramid and stuff like that. Whoa. So it's like, those were the coolest kids. Uh, and nobody would ever like say that directly, but it was understood. Yeah. Wow. And where did you sleep? So we all slept in cabins. It's basically like 20 acres along uh, Fallen Leaf Lake, which is this lake that's basically abuts Lake Tahoe. It's this beautiful alpine lake and Stanford owns this like chunk of the shore and there's cabins built along the shoreline. So the families would be in cabins and then we were in like the worst cabins, yeah. uh, all sort of piled in there together. Just like Dirty Dancing. Mm -hmm. exactly so I've heard. like it. 
Um, so Wait, have you seen Dirty Dancing? I've seen like probably uh, I have probably seen it in its entirety over the course of twelve TBS viewings, but never. Yeah, you're like me, and may I recommend? The okay. full version of Dirty Noted. Dancing. Yeah. We tried to watch it with Julia once, like on one of our asleep. road trips. She fell asleep in <laughs> three minutes. Like they had just gotten to camp and she was just like, done, I'm out. Um, but now she's seen it. We're fine. Anyway, um, my next question is, does every family get their own cabin? Yes. So basically, you 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 what you're paying for is the cabin, essentially. Mm-hmm. And you can your whole family shacks up there. And the cabins are like Are they nice? Yeah, they are just nice enough that they pass for nice. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a very expensive experience. So but like you need to have a bathroom in the cabin, that kind of thing. Right. But they're all they're not sleeping on cots, right? I'm assuming Correct. there is a queen bed for mom and dad. Yes. Yes. And then Ooh, nice. there are bedrooms for kids. Correct. Yeah. And there's is there a fireplace? No fireplace. Just sort of like uh, 90s basement carpeting um, and like a sort of minimal bathroom, queen bed and then another bed and then we would do like a cot or a roll away if you had if you had a surplus kid, surplus, surplus kid. kid. <laughs> um, and may there be maid service or that was us. So yeah. every Sunday, uh, every Sunday that was like a, a collective activity. Was all the staff would clean up the camp as we were transitioning from one family to to another, yeah. uh, which was something in which we took great pride. And like the longer I take to reflect back on it, we were really bad at it. Like uh, <laughs> like. We would clean up. We would do the sweeping. We would clean the bathrooms a little bit. We would fold the end of the toilet paper into a triangle, uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, little touches. Yes. Uh, but, like, I'm not sure the comforters were ever changed. Like, it was uh, a cleaning process that was being run by 20-year-olds that wanted to do anything but that. <laughs> what was your relationship like with oh, the families? Because I know you were your, like, position was leading the hikes, mm-hmm. but were you assigned to a specific family, and did you guys get along, or was it ever tense? We were not assigned to specific families, but a, a big part of the experience for them was they there were 90% of them were alums, the exceptions being like some faculty would go and some like children of alums that had been going for generations would go. But for the most part, like people come because they want to be sort of chummy with current college students. Yeah. Uh, with some exceptions, some would go and be like, I'm paying a lot of money to be here. You should be treating me like I'm treated at like a nice yeah, like resort I'm better than you. yeah right. reverse like uh, we're all kind of in in this place playing different roles yeah, yeah. and there weren't weird trappings like there was like wine service at dinner like with a fairly extensive wine list that yeah. they could like weird things like that but for the most part the families were there because they wanted their kids to be around like current students and they wanted to like sort of recapture a little bit of that themselves so they were all very chummy for the most part yeah so was that kind of the original intention of like why the place was created to foster that community i think so so stanford is a fairly new university 1892 founding so this the camp was established shortly thereafter like just a couple years thereafter by the alumni association basically to start to foment that alumni spirit and it's outgrown that but that that was the sort of initial idea because is that a little bit like 100 years after most of the ivies oh yeah like right between one and 250 yeah Yeah, wow hmm um, so did you do like traditional kind of like camp stuff, like campfires and evening activities and that kind of stuff? Yes, there were. Yeah, there was definitely s'mores. There were campfires on the beach. And then there were also like idiosyncratic traditions. Like, you know, we would put on an improv show. We did like disco bingo. And basically as a counselor, you were assigned like you would have, for example, your core job. Mine was hiking leader. But then I was also assigned to lead 
a stargazing cruise. Like w- <laughs> something I knew very little about, but it was like, all right, go on Wikipedia. Like, There's the Big Dipper. Exactly. That's precisely <laughs> what it was. Unsafe thing. Yeah. <laughs> One of my, uh, I, I did this cruise with uh, a co-camper of mine, Kevin, who's a brilliant and funny guy, and he memorized the star map from uh, from Middle Earth, from Tolkien, and then like unbeknownst to the campers one night we like trucked him around the lake on the boat and he was just pointing out the fake Tolkien <laughs> constellations the whole time so, oh it's That's fun awesome. to be on the lake at night yeah oh, beautiful yeah yeah um and, and what about your interaction with the the kids i did i had fairly minimal interaction with, with the, the kids yeah you were with the adults more i was leading them on trips but if you were a kids counselor uh, so that like probably half the people on staff were kids counselors. So you were assigned to like eight and nine year olds or five and six year olds. Uh, and then you basically just had to structure the day, just like activities that you could use to tire out these kids so that they wouldn't be like screaming their head off when they, when you return them to the parents at the end of the day. Uh, so that was like uh, kayak soccer or like take them on an easy hike or like go play knockout on the tennis court, like really sort of campy type activities. Yeah. Uh, and then there was like make them play beer pong with cups of water, uh, like that kind of stuff. Getting them ready for Stanford. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Wild. So there were no teenagers. There were, uh, I think 14 was the oldest age group, Uh, but then there would be teens that were sort of feral, like that would just like... They just like roam around. Exactly. They were with their their, uh, families and they like knew the other teens there because they'd been going to the same week year after year, but then that was like the, you know... They just like hung out, walking around with their iPhones, blasting music, and then, like, going to water skiing. And then their dream would be to, you know, become a senior in high school, apply to Stanford, go, continue the family legacy, and maybe be a work there, or no? For sure. Yeah, there were yeah. kids on staff with me who had gone okay. when they were... So that transition yeah. to staff was something that was, like, encouraged and kind of, like, a, you will... You will be a lifer. For sure. There definitely was a legacy advantage, just like with regular Stanford. (laughs) Was the, what was the application process like? It's interesting. It was like, it's like, you know, when you're playing with a sibling and they have a toy that you want to play with and they're, and they're like, well, why do you want it? How much do you want it? It was that dynamic where you're like going through a fairly traditional job interview, but the person across the table from you is your age (laughs) and they're like, prove that you know how to do these things i was like come on what year was stanford founded and who is its founder and literally <laughs> just stuff like that i was asked to recite the preamble to the constitution because i said i was like a poli sci major oh i learned that in fifth grade we could do that <laughs> <laughs> well, you would have been hired on the spot oh well i didn't go to stanford so that might have been a problem but there were no kids who didn't go to stanford that worked there not on staff yeah yeah Correct. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> to, to your earlier point, there was a kid who worked there with us and did all four summers and great guy who went with his family many years. And then he was going to the University of Oregon and applied anyway. He was like, I love this place. Please let me work here. And they did. OK, so it's not, you know, completely exclusive. There can exceptions can be made. Just 96 percent. You know, <laughs> everyone starts somewhere. Um, so this cons I think at talking about it more, I don't think I yeah, I fully understood how like how much of the university is centered around. Um, And I'm trying to think of other colleges and universities and them having that. The only thing that's coming to my mind right now is, do you remember Dartmouth? That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it was something, because our camp was up in Maine, and when we hiked Musilaki or whatever. It's Musilak, but we call it Musilak. We (laughs) stayed one night at, like, the Dartmouth Lodge? Huts or something? Yeah, so Dartmouth... 
it's a similar thing yeah. where except it's a little more rugged it sounds like mm-hmm. but they um a lot of these mountains on the appalachian trail in maine and new hampshire have uh like huts that hikers come through and stay at and yep. then they have like kids that work there and make the meals and they do like evening activities and they run the huts so dartmouth has a similar thing where they're they run the musalak ones and they just, it's great it's yeah fun. proximate to sierra camp was lair of the bear which is the cal berkeley family camp oh, so they have oh, one they too have they one do too? yeah so when we would like hike uh, through i can go to that one mimi went there <laughs> <laughs> and that was at, likewise like looked like a real summer camp uh and we would hike through that when we were like going up into what's the it called cal of the bear lair of the bear lair of the bear like layer like, like a layer L- like a like villain's a, lair like layer of the bear good to know we'll be looking into this <laughs> that'd be a good remote for sure yeah oh it would be Ooh. but we probably i can't go there i don't well, think I bu one. has one. Oh. wow um i don't think washu in st louis has one maybe in the um shoot what's it called oh the ozarks Oh, that's yeah. the area. Maybe they'll. Maybe I can be a founding maybe member. Maybe start one. Maybe of we should, we should summer all go camp. back to our colleges and start family camps. Yeah. I will say the director of this camp was living a solid life for sure, like digs on the camp, basically running like weekend conferences through the year, and then you spend 13 weeks over the summer as like, you know, what it must be like to be like Coach K at Duke or something. You're just like the hero of the camp. Right. Everybody is is uh, worshiping at yeah, the altar like of the camp director. Hands. Exactly. Hallowed exactly. ground. So what are these conferences throughout the year there? I don't really know. I mean, it's just like a conference center that you could rent out for any particular purpose. If you okay. were like, oh, we're the executive leadership team of a ball-bearing manufacturing company and we want to like set our goals for the year, you could like rent it out. And That was a very specific example that you just came up with. Yes, very. <laughs> That's my dream. Oh, okay. To be, to be on the, the executive exact- of a ball-bearing That's company. That's right. Yeah. All right. But that area where it's located is, is good all year round to host events like that? It's actually... During the winter, it's impassable because of snow a lot of the time. Oh, okay. Although not forever, I assume. Yeah. You know, you know check okay, back in two years. Okay, but it does years. snow there. It does snow. It snows quite a bit. And actually, the, the, there's so much runoff that you can't really go into the lake until like the end of July because it's so cold. Wow. Oh, interesting. Okay, so what does a typical day at Stanford Sierra Camp look like? Yeah, well, for me, it was uh, roll out of bed, throw some water in a backpack, and then go on a hike all day. <laughs> Uh, but I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, not that bad. It truly sounds awful. <laughs> um, but if it were like a day on which there wasn't a hike, you might have like the breakfast shift. So you have to wake up, go to the kitchen, you know, put all the napkins and silverware out, put the bug juice and orange juice on the tables, and then you man like the serving stations as people come through to get breakfast. Then you might have a little time off, then a cleaning shift in the lodge or um, – you know, volleyball or your, we were all, we all had to get lifeguard certified. So maybe you're a lifeguard at one of the beaches and it was sort of variable shifts like that throughout the day. Everyone comes together for dinner. There's a big dinner shift. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. And then after dinner, it was sort of free time. And that's when like the college hormonal aspect of it really ratcheted up with the staff. Yes. Yeah. Can you talk a little about that? For sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as a, I assume this is an element of dirty dancing as well, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it was, you know, 60, 20-year-olds crammed into a very small space. And there was this weird dynamic where there was no cell reception, so you couldn't really choose to hang out with specific people because uh, you couldn't, like, text them and be like, hey, I'll meet you here, I'll yeah, meet you so here. Yeah, so it's like whoever's around is around. Exactly. Um, and uh, 
we had like staff cups, so opaque plastic cups that you had to drink everything out of. Like if you were drinking water and they saw you drinking it out of a regular cup, you'd get in trouble because they wanted to establish the precedent that the staff always drinks out of these st- these cups so that we could then drink alcohol out of them and it would be like sort of surreptitious. I'm sure it was not, but we thought we were being like very clever uh, by using these Wait, cups all the time. You, who did you get in trouble with? I'm confused. Just like everyone else. The elders. Uh, yeah. The, the elder staff members. Right, the 21 year olds. It wasn't like the director was like, I am instituting this cup policy. Correct, okay, correct. Okay, I assume I not. It. Yeah. It's like, okay, I understand. It's like hiding your alcohol in a Nalgene that like can't really be. Exactly. You can't really we tell always what it drink is. out of this. Yes, right. I'm here. I'm here for you. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So uh, there was like uh, a lot of in public drinking they there was a lot of alcohol at the camp because there were adults there uh, and they would sell it but we could buy it at cost um so it would be like you'd buy a 40 for 80 cents or something like that uh and yeah that was a, a pretty heavy dynamic we had cabins that were a little bit a few of the cabins were a little bit isolated from the rest of the guests so it was basically at any time day or night you could go to one of those specific cabins and there would be people partying there like playing music what have you we also had uh a hidden sauna, uh, so that was like just for staff, which we euphemistically called the rally closet. Uh, and like, if you finished it, finished a di- dinner shift, people would like grab forties, and then everybody goes and gets naked and gets in the sauna, and then Whoa. jumps in the lake, and then jumps in the lake. A lot of lake jumping. Yeah. Oh. Whoa. Hot. Um. So let's say that you're like on a hike, and uh, there's like you know a older like businessman guy, and he like or like a doctor, and he like takes a liking to you, and mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, I'm gonna go to med school, and he's like, ugh, give me a call when you're ready to go, and yeah. then he writes you a recommendation, and then he like tips you at the end of the summer. Yes. Is that a lot of that happening? That was straight out of Dirty Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were, there was definitely that dynamic where certain guests would like take a shine to certain counselors. What was Equally eye-opening to me was it was sort of the first time I'd seen adults sucking up to one another, where you sort of assume all adults are the same when you're growing up, especially like I grew up in like a pretty normal suburb, uh, and so everybody is within the same sort of socioeconomic and racial band for what it's worth. Uh, And then going to Sierra Camp where, you know, you would have these like big venture capitalists coming. Somebody like landed their private jet seaplane on the lake one one time and then like took a little boat in. Uh, and you know, p- important people, and you would see the other adults being totally obsequious, like falling over themselves to sit near these people. Yeah. And it was like, huh, it was very eye-opening for me to see that dynamic in a camp environment, especially where yeah. it's supposed to be like, we're all on a team, we're having a good time together, but like seeing people go on hikes so that they could like chat up somebody else. Um, the people that do not hike and they're like <laughs> wheezing yes. their way through this hike to, Precisely. to be like, hey, uh, have you heard about my startup? That's exactly what it was. Uh, like there's every week there would be a um, like a faculty member who would stay for the week and they would give a talk. Uh, and one week it was Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy, uh, and he wanted to give his talk on the books that he read to his grandchildren. So he was just like sitting there in front of a packed auditorium, and he would be like, "I found that they enjoyed." Good night, moon, and then frantic scribbling as like hundreds of people wrote that down. Like, oh no, oh, oh that's such a great Ooh, tip. Oh, very yeah, oh, I never insightful. Heard that one. Yeah, oh my God. Uh, but there definitely oh, okay. there was like uh, definitely among the guests and the staff. Like, you know, you would go on a long hike with someone, and they would be like, oh, I think I might want to go to law school, and they would tell you about their experiences. And yeah, there there certainly was some of that. Uh, the tipping, if you kept a tip, that was like sin number one. 
above anything else. You have to put it into the collective tip bucket. Oh, okay. So like they, they got split up. They amongst. got split. That okay. was 80% of our compensation, if wow. not more, was from the tips. Oh. Okay. So you could sure. take it and then split. That's good. Yeah. That's like, like very below deck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm drawing a lot of parallels here. I'm seeing a lot. I'm seeing a lot. I think the pricing is probably similar to Below Deck, but the accommodations much worse. Are sure much <laughs> shittier. Uh, so you only went one year. Did what happened the the year after? Were you like I did a, this was a one and done thing? Or? Yeah, I, I think like I didn't really love it as much as it seemed like everybody else did. Of course, like in subsequent conversations, people would be like, yeah, no, I guess I didn't really either, but it's a very sort of like collectivist mentality. You have to do all the traditions. You lump, you jump in the lake when people chant, you use the lingo. Uh, and really you have to buy into that or you won't have a particularly good time. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't, I like, I, w I was sort of like a knee-jerk contrarian at the time where I was like, this is silly, which is obviously like a character flaw, but that that prevented me from buying in fully at the time until like sort of midway through the summer. And then I started to have a really good time, but I was always sort of dogged by the fact that it all seemed very uh, insulated, like it didn't seem like real experience. Uh, and, you know, being like a type A person, I was like, oh, I should be like interning at Goldman right now, which is stupid, of course, and uh, weird to look at in retrospect, given <laughs> the way that my career has gone. But uh, yeah, the next summer there was like no chance I was gonna, I was gonna go do some like internship, businessy internship. Yeah. Gotcha. But a lot of people return summer after summer, even after they graduate, they do that summer, and then some people continue to work at the camp. There were like, you know, three to five people there any given summer who had started as counselors and just stayed. Hmm. It's interesting because it's like, okay, this seems more like camp. Like, you're there the whole summer. You're the only ones that are, right? And then you have, like, all of these people coming in and out that are, like, paying exorbitant amounts of money for this kind of fake experience. Because, totally. like, it's not even really camp. Like, they're... You, you know, like, there's no... You know, like, they're adults. Like, they're doing... what It's just, like, a vacation. Yeah. So it's more like camp for you guys. It's so weird. It's, it's interesting. That's it's a great like, way. It's of you're right so to weird. say like, well, what they're really paying for is like that house on a lake, like this cabin experience. Right. I mean, because but like you, but it's such a small thing. They don't have to go to activities if they don't want to, and it's not even like you're really responsible for them in any way or their children. Like they're yeah. just like there to more be with each other than to like do the camp experience thing. So interesting. Yeah, so it's, weird. it's definitely more like camp for us and like vacation for them right uh and not to impute it I but mean, you it, were it, working i was working yes we were we were working but it was it like was a, hiking it, yeah. it was like he a was camp counselor type. literally yeah <laughs> going up that mountain every day sisyphus sisyphus sorry yes get <laughs> it right <laughs> sorry sorry it, it was more like that than you'd think in that the guests would sort of expect you to have a little surprise at the end of the hike so oftentimes i was hiking up with like a frame pack full of ice and like Oh, like my God, beers. to take out so bubbly. Like, oh, my God. Exactly. Yeah. Champagne or something like that. So you could have, like, a little surprise at the end. And honestly, like, as a vacation, like, in its own right, pretty solid. Like, we would hike into Desolation Wilderness, which is incredible, like, fallen leaf lake you don't otherwise have access to. It's really, really beautiful. I do now understand, like, why people would spend their vacation dollars on 
you'll take care of my kid. I can see this beautiful place in the world. You'll th- lead me. Yes. Like, I don't have to think about direction. Precisely. Especially, like, a, a lot of, like, intense, high-achieving type people yeah. to just sort of turn yourself over to the experience, which I do think is one of the ben- benefits of regular summer camp as well. At the time, I was like, why wouldn't you go to Morocco? Why wouldn't you do something <laughs> adventurous now that I'm They're like... They're also going to Morocco. Exactly. Like, yeah. Not an either-or right. right. situation. Yeah. yeah. Now that I'm, like, older and more boring, I'm like, oh, that's, that does seem really nice. <laughs> Was every meal was was at camp? Like, could they go out to dinner if they wanted to, or like it was like a very like fully catered, one hundred percent was yes. at camp. Yeah, all meals were at camp. The food was actually like pretty good. It was good. Um, and did you get to eat the same food as the? We did. Oh, yes. that's nice. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, part of it was like you would go to dinner, and if you weren't on that dinner shift, you would sit and eat with the guests and chat with them and like interact. That was that was a piece of it. But there were like professionals in the kitchen. And the kids who were staffed to work in the kitchen were really good. Like it was, it was, like I said, it was like nice enough that nobody felt like they were getting a a, a truly rustic experience mm-hmm. by design. Mm. Um, and I do think to, to that to that earlier uh, Morocco point, like, yeah, this it it is like an alternative to that. It's like, can we go stay at some fancy hotel? in X, Y, or Z, like this is a different type of experience where you're interacting with the staff. And I do think that there were a lot of families that were there that like they did save all year. This was their sort of one vacation, uh, which even underscored that odd, like play acting rustic dynamic, because for some people, this was like their moment of luxury. And for others, it was, it was like, it was their moment of roughing. Exactly. Exactly. That's interesting. Especially when someone arrives on their freaking seaplane. Yeah. Oh yes. my goodness! Yeah. yeah, were there any celebs? Uh, there were like uh, the guy from Criminal Minds came for one week. Uh, Matt Goobler. Sure. Uh, he was the Goobler family. The Goobs. And this was like season three of sixteen of that show. Right. So nobody knew who he was. He was nonplussed. Uh, he was a nice guy, but definitely nonplussed by us not knowing who he was. Uh, and then they were like a, a big part of the draw was they would bring sort of high level faculty people like, you know, a Robert Sapolsky or somebody that they had seen their TED talk. And then you could come and go on a hike with this person or see a lecture. Uh, and that was part of the appeal. Kennedy. Yeah. Anthony Kennedy. Kennedy. Yes. Yeah. Talking about kids books. Wow. So and were there just because of San Francisco or whatever, uh, Northern California area, were there a lot of big uh People from tech companies, definitely a lot of tech money. Out there. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I'm sure the price has gone up post Facebook IPO, post Uber IPO. It was yeah. a lot of like, I'm VP of product at this tech company. A lot of VCs. Yeah. Uh, and then like a lot of the last names that you would otherwise see around Stanford campus on different buildings. Like, gotcha. Oh, it's that person. Gotcha. Elizabeth Holmes, she ever do a, a talk there? She went there. <laughs> one year, she dropped out after one year. The dropout. Yeah. The dropout. She was, you know, too good for Stanford. Of course. <laughs> she, she was to Stanford what I was to Stanford Sierra Camp. Exactly. Just a one, just summer, the one just and done. Just a one year. Just the one and done. Burn bright, die young. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I don't know if we're going to make it there. I, I, I don't but know if we'd be allowed to set foot on it. We don't have that Stanford blood running through we our We don't veins. have it. But I think this concept of... Um, you know, camps for College specific groups to the, a camp to help camp. further a larger initiative, which is like Stanford, the, the university, the alumni network, all of that. And they're using, you know, a place where people come together and can really socialize and get away. I really am of two minds of this whole thing. Because one, I'm I'm like, 
it sounds awesome. Like go for a week with your college friends and be at camp. And on the other hand, I'm kind of like, it seems it's all fake. I don't know. I don't know. It seems great. It seems like everything has a great side, you know, two sides to every story. I'm rambling. Let's cut me off. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But thank you for digging. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. And sharing both sides of it. I know. We're going to, if you guys keep tuning in, uh, it's going to come next week, but we're going to keep talking with Sam in our next episode. Uh, about Sam as a camper himself, yes. actual, um, camper actual camper himself. So maybe it's a little more like maybe you fully bought into the traditions. It was all about, you know, you and you weren't worried about, you know, who these adults networking around you were. Um, so stay tuned on that. But for, for now, thank you, Sam. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Um, Sam, do you want to do you want to plug anything? Um, oh, Sam, don't you do some stand-up do comedy? I do, yeah. I do, yeah. If you want to check me out in New York, uh, InstaSamCC is my handle. If I, if I have shows that I actually want people to go to, I'll post them there. Thank great, you. Great, And as always, follow us at Happy Campers Podcast. Yeah, and Happy worth Campers the follow. Pod. Oh, thanks. Thank you. And, um, yeah. Rate, review, subscribe great. on iTunes, Spotify, and... Uh, throw yeah. us a like. Throw, throw us likes. Throw us a subscribe. We love all the campers out there. All right. Day uh, is done. Gone the sun. We yeah. out. Bum 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 bum